everybody. I am here in the home of Karen Wesson. I'm about to interview her for my podcast. Karen Wesson is not just an influencer. She's an entrepreneur. She's a mother and she's building a successful business. She's a person that a lot of people relate to. She talks about her authenticity. She talks a lot about being vulnerable and really sharing her life story with everyone, bringing them into her home so you feel like she's your best friend. I'm really excited to talk to her about all things she's up to, not just in front of the camera, but what she's working on behind the scenes that we don't get a chance to look at. So join me and Karen Wesson on this episode of Savvy Talk. Karen, thank you for being on Savvy Talk. Thank you, I'm so happy. I mean, we talk all the time, but having this feels a little different and I'm well, excited. I really wanted to have you on for a couple reasons. One is, and I did my introduction saying that you're not just an influencer, you're so much more. So tell everyone about you, my audiences in the US and in the Middle East, but I really want them to get to know what you describe yourself as and what, what do you actually do? Is it, is it weird that I find this question a hard one? Really? I mean, because I, I feel that I wear many hats and yeah. I wouldn't really know how to describe myself or what I do. I feel like it's almost still in the making, but if I had to kind of narrow it down, I would definitely say I'm a mom. I'm a mom of three, and obviously that takes a big part of my heart and my mind and my life. Uh, I'm also an entrepreneur. I have, uh, we launched our eyewear company in 2018, and it's growing beautifully, and uh, so that's also another hat. And uh, I'm an influencer, digital influencer, content creator, whatever you want to call it, but I have my platforms on social media that I love and use every day to communicate with my audience on things that matter to me. Um, what else am I? <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't want to, I, I think it would be unfair to activists for me to say that I, I am an activist. That. I was going to say activist. You think so? Yeah, because you care about issues that matter to people. Yeah. So I, I mean, Again, I just think that labeling it as activists might be undermining the real work that activists do on yeah. the ground every day. But I would say that you know topics and issues that really matter to me, I try as much as I can to voice them using my platforms. So a lot of people know you from social media. You built a massive audience. You're verified <laughs> on every single platform. But what I found out, which a lot of people may not know, that you do all the content yourself. Yeah. What is that like? I mean, I don't know how to do it otherwise because this to me is a very personal reflection of my life. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm missing out on... Blah. It's okay. Motherhood, the tutor's here. <laughs> Baby, yeah. can, you, can you open the door? Yeah. Please, thanks. So, it's okay. this is what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually it's fine. I mean, the kids have tutors, they have teachers that yeah. come and do lessons. This is piano. Piano, oh, it's piano, it's yeah. piano. And this is them trying to convince me the whole ride from school to hear that they don't want to do piano and me telling them how important oh, it is. Oh no, it's like one of his oh, friends. Oh, it's friends. It's his friend. Hi. Oh, he brought Krispy oh. Kremes. Oh my God. You love the friends that bring over the Krispy Kreme <laughs> But my, friend, my kids don't bring <laughs> treats with them to people's houses. <laughs> okay, so okay. real life as a mom, like uh, yeah. the kids have a lesson, a friend's coming over, he brought Krispy Kremes. Love that, love that. You're but seeing like, it all. And tell me about the content. Like you film yeah. it yourself, you edit so, yourself. You're talking about like this is all you know. Yeah, this is all I know, and that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I'm missing out on the time that I would save if I were to delegate on such a thing. But I personally find it a very personal thing, and. Uh, 
I just feel this is this is how I started. So when I first started, it was never something that I strategized mm -hmm. for. It started off because I actually loved to edit and to share stories. And I used to travel around with a tripod and a proper like camera before there were iPhones. And I really? used to I love I always loved that. I love photography, but not only taking photos of people and things. It was more to kind of take photos of myself, I don't know, it's going to sound narcissistic, but to take photos of Yourself. myself, my uh, uh, husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, I loved photos that you can get an emotion from. And, uh, and, and this is why I always felt like I was doing this myself the whole time. Yeah. And then as things progressed with the social media platforms, I kind of very quickly adapted to all the new trends and I feel it from within me. So if I find someone that could do it the way I do, then that would be amazing. But yeah, I do it all. But you're so creative. Like that's the creative director that I, I want to talk a little about your eyewear business. Yeah. Because how did you start an eyewear company? How did you think to start an eyewear company? And you are really essentially the creative director. Obviously you're the founder and CEO yeah. and co-founder. I, I would say that I am the creative director, if you like, of everything that comes out of me you know because okay. even though i don't necessarily think of myself as a creative because i don't think i have a skill of i don't know like that creatives would have like the, the traditional skill if you yeah. like of painting or drawing or an, or an artistic cre creative skill i don't think i have that but i think what i'm good at i can say is feeling what people would want to take in and this is i think something that could be a skill it's something that it's that is very much within me it's not something that i learned it's something that i kind of always had which is also what drew me to studying psychology and doing a master's in psychotherapy because i was always interested in how people perceived information what they would do with it how they would feel about it and this is kind of something that i would see um, really resonating in all my kind of ventures if you like and um I, I am, I, I don't know, people will say I'm creative, thank you. Yeah, you are. Um, but I, again, it's kind of like, even if I see, for example, now, you know, bef before TikTok, let's say, there was no such thing as like a trend that was trending. It was, everyone was doing their own thing. Yeah. And I really, when I look back at my content before TikTok was a thing, I was doing TikTok things. Yes, you, know? you were definitely. So I kind of feel, and uh, which is probably why my platform and my audience was growing prior to any of those viral kind of trends because I was almost instigating the trends or creating a trend, mm -hmm. you know? Now things are easier because you have trends that are coming and you're like, I'm like, you know what? I'll That's just fine. Do, Let's it. do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you built a company. Yeah. And you asked me why and how I started. So I've said this story before. I don't know sure if I mentioned it to you, though. But uh, as you can see, I have big eyes. Yeah. And when I was younger, I was very insecure about my eyes. You know, everyone has their kind of thing. Yeah. And my eyes were my thing. And I always felt a lot more comfortable covering my eyes. So and I remember even, you know, when you first started, that I first started like going out and kind of like meeting guys or whatever it is, I, I was so self-conscious that even the way I would sit was like in a way where I didn't want anyone to see my eyes from the side because I felt like they were from the side you would see how kind of Big protruding they were, they were. Yeah. and I felt like that was ugly so I was always more confident wearing sunglasses 
an easy way to cover you know my eyes and also another thing is after i gave birth i put on so much weight and i wasn't able to dress or feel like stylish the way i was i used to feel about myself clothes. before in my clothes so i always felt that accessories were such a easy way to kind of make me feel like i'm cool without you know it being impacted by my weight so uh, that really made my love for sunglasses kind of grow and i became almost passionate about it i would travel and just go to little shops everywhere the first stop was always sunglasses and then through my communication with my audience you know thankfully we have that open relationship and you have messages and dms and comments and i would see how many people were interested in my glasses they're asking me all the time where did you get these glasses from i love these glasses and i'm like you know what Ding. <laughs> this Idea. could be something you yeah. know I didn't have the guts to do so because, again, I came from, I started off, I was doing my master's, I graduated, I moved to Dubai, I got married, I never really worked in the corporate world or let alone start a business. So I was super overwhelmed by the idea of doing, creating my a own company, business and yeah. a company with just employees or people working for me. Like, how does that even work? work. I never even worked in a corporate world to, to understand how it works. So um, I took a risk, if you like, and especially that I already had an audience and I was almost afraid to disappoint my existing audience by creating something that didn't reflect what I would want it to reflect exactly. onto them. Uh, but I'm super happy that I took this kind of risk and, uh, and plunged into it. And today when I look back, I'm, I feel this is one of the best things that I've done because I've been working on social media with brands for years. Yeah. And lending my voice, lending my creativity, lending my platform technically to other people. Whereas today when I work on my brand, I feel like everything that I'm doing is for me and it's a beautiful feeling. You built a company and now you just launched a new um, collection. Yeah. Like talk to me a little bit about the process, the entrepreneurial journey. Like you have to worry about packaging, price, customers, yeah. What's that like? It's different than answering like DMs and comments on your social no, media about your outfit. Now you have customers to answer to. And it's customers that are paying. So, you know, you don't you want to make sure that not only are they satisfied with the product, but they are satisfied with the process as well. Yep. And uh, and we all know how easy it is for one angry customer to kind of taint the image of a, of a company. So we really are super careful when it comes to that. And it's really with love because I put myself in the customer's position. What would I like? What would I li how would I like to receive it? What kind of care or would I? And, and we are very open with our customers. Like I, so far, I mean, it's always been a very positive experience. And if someone happens to be angry for whatever reason, we always make sure to, to tackle that and to arrange it and to fix it and make sure that the customer is happy. Um, but yeah, it is a very much of a process. You have, uh, you know, you have dates and deadlines that you that you have to abide to because it's part of the the collections are part of a wider uh, industry, if you want, uh, yeah. schedule. Good. So um, you have autumn, uh, winter, and or fall, winter, and then you have spring, summer. So you need to make sure that, and this is the shelf. So they are on the shelf on a certain date, but everything that happens before you're talking months and months before. So we present our collection, hoping that by the time they're out, it would still be a trend or it would still be something that people would like. So we really have to kind of preempt and, and really envision what it would be like in 
three, four months, not even more, in six months, if yeah, you like. You have long lead times, you have production, yeah. you have to think about trends, what do people care about, yeah. what's in, what's out. And also, it is definitely a process. And also for us, I mean, eyewear is always has always been such a special thing for me, and I have a personal kind of relationship with the concept of eyewear. But I definitely see this as a stepping stone into something bigger. So we are constantly also looking at you know new categories, even new markets. You know, I feel like we're very well established in the region. I personally believe that our eyewear would resonate with women from all over the world. Um, are we ready yet to really launch in other markets? Again, it's just making sure it's everything's exciting and you want to do it all, but making sure that we're taking the right steps at the right time, um, making sure that we have the, the, the team is equipped, that we are equipped to, to handle everything. This is also a product. When I, was, when I first started, I was so, so excited to do everything. I'm like, we should do this. We should do ads in Germany. We should do this. I'm like, and then we, you know, we really had to get a few slaps in the face, but also really kind of take a step back, slow down and realize that everything is in steps and every, making sure that we have the whole process nailed before you know we, we come in and, and make a mistake that might be too, too difficult to, to get back on our feet from. So you built a company, now you have the eyewear line, you expanded into kids, so yes. you have an eyewear line for kids. Yeah. Um, what's been the biggest challenge so far since you started the company, whether it's new markets, new industry, new you know, opening you know, up the kids market. I think a little bit of a challenge for me, I mean, this is maybe a little personal, but I think kind of proving myself as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. uh, is, is a challenge. And maybe I need people like you to kind of reaffirm to me that Karen, you actually yeah. are, I mean, this is what defines an entrepreneur and you yeah. are one. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like I've been put into a box and uh, labeled as an influencer. And it is not always kind of accepted for an inf and I have my name on it, you know? So it's not like it's called uh, whatever by, by Karen. No, it's actually Karen Wazen. So there is my name very much intertwined with the company. So having to prove myself is something that I feel like I continuously have to do. And, uh, and some people think that it is successful because I have the reach. But that's not enough. Reach is important, but it absolutely is not enough. You have to deliver on product, packaging, price point, uh, delivery, everything. Exactly, everything. The whole supply chain. And, uh, and if one thing is not where it should be, then you feel the whole process you know, is, uh, is affected. What, how, what's, the, what's your definition of style? Like you've been in and out of these fashion weeks. I saw you in New York. You just came from Milan. You're going to Paris. Eyewear is about style and fashion. Um, your followers love to see how you bring your unique fashion to your page and to your home and how things, what is your definition of style? Uh, for me, style is like, is a form of expression really. And uh, it very much is reflected within my mood. So how I feel is how I dress. And, um, and I mean, I have, I don't have that kind of sample size model looking form mm -hmm. so when you see a, a collection on a runway 90 percent of the times you're seeing them on models that look a certain way and that will not look the same on me mm -hmm. and i've had many experiences where i was sent clothes and i'm like i'm sorry but this 
absolutely doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Either it doesn't fit like zipper wise or it's too long or for whatever whatever yeah, reason. And and it used to affect me in the beginning. I used to feel like if the clothes don't fit, does this mean I don't belong to that world? Because this is sample size. Am I not, you know, industry standard, if you mm -hmm. like. Um, but I mean, I think what, it's amazing what we're seeing today where social media, I think, has been a big drive to change the way designers are designing, to change the way fashion shows are done. The inclusivity that we're seeing today, I think, is, is really amazing. And the fact that I was able to kind of detach myself emotionally from mm -hmm. the, the the size of the clothes and actually think okay what actually fits me and makes me feel good. good and when I feel good this is when I feel like I am if you want stylish or I feel confident, confident or so it's it really comes down to that and that can be from a simple jeans with a white t-shirt but when you feel good in it it's gonna look good whereas if you're wearing something that could be off the runway new collection but it you don't feel comfortable in it you're not gonna, you're not gonna, gonna feel wear. good and you're not gonna it's not gonna look good what's the thing that people on your social media ask you about the most uh i'm sorry if you hear my kids in the background okay. <laughs> um a few things one of my most asked questions i would say is how i balance between motherhood and um you know my work in general and both lives like how am i able to be there for both okay and, and the answer and is... the answer is always i wish there was an actual formula for that uh, but one thing that i find super important which is also part of my strong messaging on my instagram before i when i found out actually that i was pregnant I had a fear because I always knew that I wanted to work. I always knew that I wanted to have an impact. I always knew that I wanted to, to create something or to do something. But I was kind of always meant to, I was always made um, to believe that if I have children, that that's not going to happen. And I wanted to prove it to myself and to the people that are following me and to the younger generation that in fact, if you do want both, you don't have to have both, but if you do want both, you can. You can. And this is something super, super important for me to, to voice and to highlight. So um, yes, it comes with, you know, they say something's got to give. So I feel that, for example, my social life is definitely not what it used to be. So it's, it's about finding that you're evaluating your priorities and your mm -hmm. priorities don't always have to be the same. So, and they can change over they time. Change, like you can exactly. do family and work, and then there comes a time when you're going to have maybe some time with for friends. My, yeah, or even some time for myself. Like sometimes I feel that I'm giving too much time to my family and to my work that I feel I'm forgetting about me. And then I feel like, okay, I'm not well. Something has to change. So then I prioritize actually my well-being, and that would be taking time away sometimes from my children in order to be a better parent. And the time from my work when I'm like, you know what, this is not going to make, it's not like, I'm not, it's not, um, what's it called? Like, I'm not saving lives, basically. You're not rocket, no, rocket yeah, science. Rocket, yeah, rocket so. science. Do you feel that, you know, because your social media, I loved how you talked a little bit at the beginning about it's a platform. So, you know, you talk about, you know, this is me without glam, you know, yeah. this is me with, um, with your... Vitiligo. Vitiligo. I was going to say vitiligo, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the same. Um, <laughs> just like... Just like real life, like yeah. that authenticity matters. People want to see, like, I like the fact that the kids are screaming in the background. That's real life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I was, uh, I was actually talking about this today with a friend that when I first started, I mean, I obviously never imagined that one day I would get to where I am today and that people that I didn't know would know me. And uh, I would assume, I mean, growing up, I was always a very kind of a kind person and a very... 
uh, caring person. And, and everyone who knew me knew that about me. It was very much of a characteristic of, my, of myself. So when I first started on social media, I just thought that people would know that. They would know that I'm a kind person, that I'm an honest person, that I'm a real person. Until I realized that in fact, it's how are they gonna know if I don't show them? How are they? Photos will only tell a part of the story, story, but what is that? What is me showing a photo of me and my husband actually mean to them? So this is when I realize I have a responsibility to kind of to reflect the truth of what it is that I'm living every day. I do. I do. Do I feel I do enough? I, I feel there is definitely more room for it. Yep. Am I afraid? Sometimes the more I grow, actually, you would think it's the opposite. The more you grow, the more you feel like confident or the more you feel like you're, you know, I, you have less to lose if you like. Yep. But in fact, the more I grow, the more I'm like, if I say this, will it backlash? Will it backfire? Will it backfire? Like it, yeah. So even sometimes when I want to, for example, complain about something that I'm personally going through, I start thinking of other people that have problems that might, you know, to, to, to them make my problem seem so small. And who am I to complain about, so it. I, about it? So I kind of keep it to myself. So And you also don't want to be tone deaf. I know you care uh, about yes. being relevant to like what's either happening in the news or causes that are important to you. So let's talk about that. So UNHCR, yeah. Talk. What are some of the things that you care about and why? So UNHCR is a journey that I embarked on maybe three years ago. And my first visit, I was all very new to me, and I really didn't know what to expect from my visit to the camp. And today, I'm a good. I'm a not yet a goodwill, but soon a goodwill. I'm now a high-profile supporter. And uh, this journey has been so enlightening to me. And ev with every visit, you would imagine that you are going to kind of give the refugees, whether it's your time or, or, or listen to them to, to, to give other people a perspective on what it is that they're living. Mm -hmm. But in fact, every visit, I feel like they have given me so much. And it is really an indescribable feeling. And I feel so proud to be appointed by the UNHCR for them to trust my voice, to trust my platform, to help them raise awareness on something that is very, very, very close to my heart. Especially that, you know, we're, a lot of people don't even know what defines a refugee. But a refugee could be anyone, any one of us who mm -hmm. under horrible circumstances have had to flee their home. And who says that can't ever happen to you? Of and course. how would you want to be treated if that were to happen to you? So uh, this is something that I am very fond about and very passionate about. And I love using my platform to, to kind of raise awareness on that matter. Uh, I also, I mean, you know that I studied, I had my, I did my master's in psychotherapy and I went through therapy myself for two years. And this is something that has completely changed my life and the growth that I was able to, to, to experience and to grow within that, within that time was, was so amazing. And I feel that in our region, this is something that is still a little bit taboo, something that is unfortunately not spoken about enough. And, uh, and I feel that this is also something that I feel very strongly about. So mental health, mental well-being, so taking care of yourself. I also, um, I wanna say I was uh, a victim is a big word, but I was in a very toxic relationship for two years of my life where I feel that my soul was broken. And, uh, and I very often talk about this as well because I remember being in this situation and wanting to hear a story of someone who was able to yes. get out of it. And how you can inspire somebody else who might be. So today, this is what I, I wanna be that girl for that girl that has a story of being able to get out of it. Because I remember I would listen 
I would watch movies or anything just to or read a book just to hear of someone who was successfully able to get out of it because when you're in it you feel that there is absolutely no way you can get out of it and I'm I'm I've been through it I know exactly the feeling and it was horrible and uh, and I always very often at least talk about uh, my experience even though I feel bad because I would never want to ruin the image of the person that I was with, but at the, at the end of the day, it's lesson it learning. Is, yeah. Other people can gain from it. Yeah, exactly. Karen, you are a mom and entrepreneur, but you're also an inspiration. What's <laughs> next you. for you? So on the entrepreneurial side, there is definitely uh, a lot more coming and exciting things, which I really hope that my existing customer base would love and the, to get new ones as well out of it, we're branching out and uh, within the accessories uh, realm. And uh, for me, I think personally, as a person as well, I feel, you know, like what we're just talking about now, I feel like there is a lot more that I would want to say, a lot more that I would want yeah. to, to, um, to show. And, and, and sometimes I feel like Instagram is a bit limited as to how much I can do. Um, so maybe another platform. <laughs> another platform, stay tuned. Karen, thank you so much thank for being you. with us Give today. Thank you. <laughs> so good. Oops, so good. Thank you. You bring out the best of me. Thank you for listening to Savvy Talk. I'm Maha Bulanin, and I'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. In the meantime, please subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Maha Geber and Digital and Savvy for more information, including some snippets and highlights of the upcoming guests and talks. Anyways, all's good in the world. Hope you guys are great, staying healthy and safe, and uh, thanks for listening.